Hello, my friends. Is it? Oh, look at I'm I'm my top of my head is blocked off again. What the heck's going on? I just did an hour <laughs> on my other show, but it wasn't before. Oh, these problems. Hi, everyone. Hello, how are you? We are here live in Yorba Linda, California. Go to resurrectministry.com to find all the content we have to offer in regard to the ministry and our podcast. It and is, everything else. It is the part of the ministry. Yeah. It's our ministry. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, I just got off uh, an hour, over an hour. I must be a little tired. But um, I'm in we, a TV coma. Spirit of the Lord is upon us. Let's do it. But we're talking about as we were. I was talking to a great uh, candidate for the school board of Chino Valley Unified School District. Yes, and we talked a lot about bringing God into the room of the school board. Amen. And um, and how we want to bring the morality of God into the school districts. Yes, so important. And so I was kind of excited. Not kind of. I was very excited to do the devotional. To see how God continues this message. Yay! So we're going to find out right now. Uh, we're reading from Smith Wigglesworth Devotional for May 6th. And is entitled, The Spirit Moves Upon You. The reference is John 3.16. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. The scripture reading is John 3, 5 through 21. And Smith says, it does not matter what age you are. If I were to say to you, do you ever remember a time when the spirit did not strive with you? It would be marvelous how many people would answer, no. What do you call it? God bringing you in. His grace drawing you to himself. Hmm. When I think of my own case, I recall that on my mother's and father's side, sides of the families, there was no desire for God. Yet in my very infancy, I was strangely moved upon by the Spirit at the age of eight. I was definitely saved. And when I was nine years old, I felt the Spirit come upon me, just as when I spoke in tongues. I was elect according to the knowledge or knowledge of God. And many have had the same experience. It is a most blessed thought that we have a God of love, compassion, and grace who does not will the death of even one sinner. God has made it possible for all men to be saved by causing Jesus, his well-beloved son, to die for the sins of all people. It is true that he took our sins. It is true that he paid the price for the whole world. It is true that he gave himself as ransom for many. And you say, for whom? Whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. What about those who do not receive his gift of his gift of salvation, you ask? It takes their direct refusal of the blood of Jesus. They have, they have to refuse to mm. have Christ reign over them. It is whoever desires on this side and whoever does not on the other side. There are people living in the world who do not desire God's gift. Why do they respond this way? Because the God of this age was blinded has blinded, I did it again. Has blinded them who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. It's pretty clear. Thought for you today. 
Jesus is bigger than any assembly, yet he is small enough to fill every heart. I like that. Isn't it? That seems like that should be on one of our little signs in the house. Um, so how does the spirit move upon you? Oh. This, this Friday. Is this Friday? Yes. This happy Friday. Friday. Evening. Yeah. Happy Friday. How does this move you? Well, I, as we mentioned briefly before we went on, is the notion that everybody gets an opportunity to receive Christ. And the only people who don't are those who refuse it. That's a pretty deep concept because anytime you want to argue about whether Jesus is the only way, people are like, what What about the Eskimos? What about the people in the forest or the desert? And it's, it's always the retort to there being only one way. And my response is what we're often told is that everybody will have the chance that the gospel will go to the end of the earth, um, but maybe not in everybody's lifetime. So, I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. It's really it's an interesting concept. I want to ask uh, everyone who's watching, because people are signing on, as I can see here, the numbers are going up, um, is that when did you first uh, encounter God? And it's interesting that he did not have, based on what he said there, uh, his father's side or mother's side, really involved in any faith-based religion from what it sounds like that yet he on his own at eight. Yeah. I was thinking about that myself is that I had absolutely no reason to look for God. Mm -hmm. Okay. I met the wrong God, the, the, you know, like the little G, you know, yeah. but I was pursuing, I had this fervent desire to know God. I took a very circuitous path to him. <laughs> But he got to him uh, nonetheless, you know, and I was wondering is the, I, I have to believe that that was part of my, that was part of my election. God wanted me to take this journey. He wanted me to have this ministry. He wanted it to be the path in which I came to him. And all of us who are believers were foreknown by the knowledge of God and we were pre-selected and we are ordained i actually pulled up the scripture because it wasn't one of the ones that he listed but it's romans eight twenty nine, where god says for whom he foreknew he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brethren so though we consciously make that choice god knew from the beginning of time from before time that we would choose whether it's me that goes this roundabout way through Islam to Jesus or you who walks around thinking that you're a Christian until you actually finally meet him and everything in between. Mm -hmm. But those who get there, we already know. Thinking back, I remember my mom was not Catholic, I don't believe, from what oh, I remember. I thought and she was. She ended up being. Oh. She converted. Oh, After she dad? married my dad. Uh -huh. uh, and so. I can't stand how close. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're really close for some reason. And something switched. But anyway. Um, and so from the time I was born, my older, I was the youngest of four. And the uh, one closest to me was only was five years older than me. And then 10 and then 15. So they'd already been through catechism and all the things that go through. You have to go through. 
uh, in the Catholic faith. <clears throat> and so my thought at the time was that, wow, we're really religious, yet we only went to church on, uh, on Christmas mostly and Easter. I, every so often we go on a Sunday, huh. especially when, they, when I began to go through catechism, is that, that then we went a little bit more often. But then it would drop off again. We'd get distracted. And, and so, but to me, like, oh my, we're crazy, crazy religious. <laughs> But um, the only thing that I remember is that I was always intrigued by faith, not just Catholicism, but this, right. like this guy named God. Right. And I always remember the, the Bible that was la that sat in the living room, which was this big, big, gigantic, thick, white Bible with gold around the edges of the paper, right? And it was like really thin paper. And then, like I said, this before, we'd, you'd open up and it would, it would be like... It would crack because it was so hardly ever opened. <laughs> um, and then it would always get dusted. It was always present. And I, and I, would, I, was, I, I remember just, almost, I think almost every day looking at it. It wasn't like the other stuff in the room that I barely looked at. But the Bible, I, I often would look at, I would every so often open it and it had this smell. You remember oh. those things in your life when you were a kid that always had a smell? Grandma's house. Yeah. The Bible. The Bible. It had a, a We didn't smell. have a Bible in my grandma's house, but... Yeah. <laughs> It was definitely stuff that smelled. Well, yeah. Well, you, well, your dad had a smell, right? Yes. Yeah. Same cologne. My, my dad had, years. yeah, the uh, uh, old English or whatever you call it, the, the one with the ship on it. What's that called? Yeah. Uh, uh, old Spice. Old Spice. He, he was Old Spice. Uh, my my brother was high karate or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> my dad was my dad was Old Spice and Noxzema. You remember Noxzema? I sure do. I love Noxzema. <laughs> But I could literally smell the Bible right now. Wow! I just, I had, if I smelt it, I go, "Oh my gosh, that's the Bible." So there, the, my point is, is that <laughs> there is a point because I think about I think about Smith talking about that he was like called, like he felt it, and the Holy Spirit went in. Mine was like I took longer, but I always was there. I always believed in God, even in the period of time that I decided I was going to start my own religion. I was going to start my own religion with God. I was going to allow. God to be involved in my religion. Right. <laughs> Your startup. <laughs> my startup. That, uh, but there's, there's always, I've always had that in my, in my head that there is a God. I'm just not sure how it all works. Cause I went through being a Catholic and feeling guilty all my life. I'm just, but and again, back to the point is that I just, gosh, I just wish that I was eight. Because I see how great thing, how, how having oh, this relationship so with God people. is so amazing. But people drop off when they start really young. Hmm. He didn't. He's, we're reading his devotional today, 100 years later. But did he not have a period in the middle? I don't remember. But Oops. most people do. Wayne says, when I was about six years old after your mom died. Uh, yeah, it's always these monumental events that kind of draw... People to God. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Huh? I mean, there is something. Mine was like failed business, divorce, hitting rock bottom was the thing. <laughs> that would do it. <laughs> but should it be? Mine was the same. Mine, I, I was dead raggedy on the floor. I described to people like I, I literally felt that you could mop me up off the floor. You think God says, you know, I've been trying to show when things I've been trying to show you, I show you the way. 
when things were good. You just were so caught up in the good thing, whatever that was, what you perceived to be the good thing. Yeah, my, my journey was different, but for mm -hmm. you, yes, I can see that. Because I kept, there was these little moments of success. When I wanted to be a magician, I became a magician and began doing magic at restaurants. I said, see, I can do this. And then something happened. And oh, I, well, I, he always has to teach us at the end of the day, we can't do anything in our own strength. Yeah, yeah the, the, those little moments of success always fool you into thinking that, you know, I'm good. I'm my, I'm I'm my good. God. I'm, I'm my God. I'm amazing. But uh, I just wish it didn't have to be that way. I mean, we, we see that happening right now in uh, you know, a gentleman in our Bible study. Happening in other people's lives, where they will even come on and say, "Oh my gosh, you know, I need prayer because of this and that and the other thing." And you see their faith begin to grow because mm. at the right time, you know, not because of us, but because God had given this has given us this platform to share. That they say, "You know what? When I was at my worst, I came across your devotional, mm. and um, and then I went to, you know, then you kept talking about this church, this Jack Hibbs guy." And so we went there and then his teachings and this, this like just gets, just sends them further down the road to where they begin their own relationship with God. Amen. But it kind of starts with this. Like, oh, I was, I was desperate. So I started watching you guys. <laughs> there was That's nothing, I Jesus. nothing else on TV. So I started watching what God was doing with you guys yeah. and, and kind of, you know, got caught up. Wayne says. I had an encounter with God, but did not know how to grow. So I went sideways many times till I found a church that showed me when I was 25. Oh, wow. That's a neat story. 25. Gosh, I, just, I wish I was 25. That's when I was, uh, you know, I'd already been in the police department for a couple of years. But um, just think about it. If you would have found him earlier, we probably wouldn't be together. Yeah, that's true. I'm so glad I had all those horrible, miserable times <laughs> so that I could come to you. <laughs> grateful i am too we had an amazing day today i thought it was beautiful it was um just some thing we had some things we're, we're starting to kind of hit this little little bit of a stride it yes. kind of gets the rail every so one of us trips and falls but uh it's like we have our little things we like to do and get them done and and um you know we're not always on the same page as each other from time to time but it feels like to me i can be completely turning into wrong. a couple yeah turning into a married couple and then we come together. We kind of go, oh, well, see you later. Bye. I'm going to do my thing. And then boom, we come back together. And, oh, did you see this it's like thing? A, it's like a married couple. Yes. It's no, pretty awesome, though. Pretty cool. But we're happier about it. Yes. Before we kind of, you know, when early on, you always want to do everything together. Yeah. Like, Don't go and watch that movie without me. Don't watch that TV show. <laughs> I still feel that way. <laughs> yes. But God's, um, God's promises just have really in so much more um, when they occur, when we, when his promise comes to fruition, how do you like that? A new word. Mm. Um, we now know that it's from God. Yes. As opposed to, you know, this great thing that happened, uh, you know, I'm, I'm so glad that I put us in this position to be this you know, at this moment right now. It is no, there's no other time in my life that almost everything that I, that I see that's great in our life, I, 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 I truly believe it's because of God. Amen. Where before I was like, man, I'm so fantastic. I'm it so must amazing. be hard to adjust to. It is. <laughs> I feel for you, brother. <laughs> you're doing, you're doing awesome. You really are. The humility, the humility looks good on you. 
All right. Humility in general is is an attractive quality. Really? Absolutely. People underestimate the uh, power of humility. Uh, They think actually arrogance, and, and when you think about it, it's obvious, it's intuitive. Arrogance is um, is not attractive. I don't know. I don't. I don't know about that. Ah, okay. That's why I'm with the mic over here. Just want to make sure people can hear every amazing word you have to say. I don't know. I just, um, or maybe it depends on what uh, frame of mind you're in and where your heart's at. But for the most part, amazing human being that are hum- humble about it mm-hmm. um, are usually the most interesting people. But does that come later? Because, you know, you see these high school movies or even in high school that I remember most. And, and Wayne and I went to the same high, went to high school together, that it was the bad boys that seemed to get all the. Right. Those are broken people attracting other broken people. <laughs> yes. you know? And Wayne will probably attest to, uh, will agree with me that mo- many of the people and this is this part is not funny, is that many of the people that were successful in high school ended up in rehab or have died. You know, early, exactly. Uh, early, early. You don't deaths. ever want to peak in high school. No, <laughs> I loved high school, but I didn't peak in high school. Yeah, you don't want to. Peak I'm in peaking high now. I I, I I peaked at sixty. I mean, who uh, who doesn't want to age well? Yeah, you know. A friend of mine, Jeffrey Mender, uh, posted that his uh, he and I went to high school together too, and he posted, you know, I, you know, I can't believe I'm sixty. And I go, you're sixty? When did that happen? I'm still. I've, 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 I have to, I've yet to become 60. <laughs> Just wondering where you were going with that. But it sounds funny when someone is somebody, you know, like I, I feel like your classmate. Yeah. My class, like, wow. That's when you, you Ooh, you're old. <laughs> you're, oh, wait a minute. He and I were in the same class. I told you my mom gets very upset when I talk about my age. She's like, stop talking about that. <laughs> <laughs> Cause it implies how old she is <laughs> when somebody else says that you realize how old you are, but, um, no, the, the most important thing, um, as you walk and, um, as you're on your walk with God and you become more attuned to his presence, you do realize that all the things that are good are because he put it there for you he gave it to you as a gift amen and like we were talking about the other day the little breadcrumb a little breadcrumb could be you know the 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 prayer that happens at a at a uh, bible study that the following day you're put in a position where that prayer made it possible for you to take action just the following day that that's one of those things that's that breadcrumb uh that god gives you to see there i am i'm planning it all Yep. Yep. So, so amazing. Um, should we re- read the scripture? Sure. All right. So we got, oh, we didn't put it up for people, but let's, uh, let's grab it really quick because we want to stay consistent. This will turn into a habit if we continue to do it, Hedia. I just want to make sure, make sure that you know this. Yes. <laughs> there we go. All right. So it's John 3, 5 through 21. So when Jesus is talking to Nicodemus, Jesus answered, speaking to Nicodemus, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. 
The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it's coming from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus answered and said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered and said to him, Are you the teacher of Israel and do not know these things? Most assuredly, I say to you, we speak what we know and testify what we have seen, and you do not receive our witness. If I told you earthly things and you don't believe, how are you going to believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended to heaven, but he who came down from heaven, that is, the Son of Man who is in heaven. And as Moses mis- mi- lifted up the servant and serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but the, through the world would, might be saved, that through him might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God. And this is the condemnation that the light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and doesn't come to the light lest his deeds would be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light that his deeds may be clearly seen that they have been done in God. A very important part of scripture also. Um, uh, Muslims always, uh, one of the common misconceptions and rebuttals to Christ being God incarnate, the son of God, is that Jesus himself never said it. It was the apostles and it's corrupted, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and it was, I if I'm not mistaken, this passage that I read my parents uh, when they said that to me and I said, oh, really? And I showed them the red letters in the Bible and I told them, I said, this is when God's speaking. Says, I am the son of God who ascends and who will be lifted back up um, to heaven. So it's a very good passage. For it's that. funny, just the other day, uh, Pastor Jack Hibbs um, over at Calvary Chapel um, reminded us, all the people sitting in the room, that uh, back in, you know, I don't know, the 80s and 90s, there always used to be a man sitting in the end zone at football games that would hold up a sign that said John um, 316. John 316. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And that is one of the things I always remember about that period of my life is that that sign was always present. Oh. And he, the guy had, uh, you know, crazy rainbow colored hair before rainbow meant the other thing. I think. Right. Because <laughs> originally the rainbow was given to Noah. But somehow he'd always get on camera, right? Always holding up the sign and, uh, and showing people. And uh, that was, I think now looking back, that was awesome that that guy so loved God that he would do that yes. as much as possible to bring that to the football watching audience. So I thought that was pretty and so it's just so, again, so funny that he brought it up on Sunday, and here it is in our devotional today. First Peter 1, 2. Uh, so this is a little, it's 2. I'm going to read it from 1 because it, it's hard to make sense. To the pilgrims of the dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, in sanctification of the Spirit, for obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Grace to you and peace be multiplied. And I like, I wanted to read the whole thing. So that's what it's beautiful. To the pilgrims, sojourners, travelers, 
citizens of heaven that are just passing by. Mm. So in other words, you're not citizens of, of earth, you're citizens of heaven. You're, they're the new believers of the Gentiles. And he's saying you're elect according to the foreknowledge of God the fa Father. You are destined to become believers and you're sanctified by the Holy Spirit and in obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. That's how your sanctification process happens. Wow. And he's giving them this like very grand title to the people of this region. Just like when you have a really good parent that wants to encourage their child, they're like, you are so special and so talented. You could do anything you set your mind to. And that's kind of the way Peter's talking to them. He's like, do you understand that you have received the greatest gift? You are sanctified, known, chosen, glorious and sprinkled with the blood of jesus hmm. it's wow. it's it's quite poetic it's beautiful i read that already so we can go to matt matthew 20 28 just as the son of man did not come to be served but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many in revelation 22 17 and the spirit and the bride say come and let him who hears say come and let him who thirsts come, whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. Could take it freely. Now, the only um, additional thing that I'm kind of reading this and listening to it and connecting with what it is that we are trying, hoping to do with these school districts that... Uh, um, as we vote in school board members that we, especially, I mean, here in Placentia in the school district is that we have the opportunity to bring in two more people that will make five Christians on the school board. Uh, in Chino Hills, some of much of what we talked about last night at the school board meeting and what we talked about with Sonia today on the interview I did today was the, the presence of God in the school board meetings and that although we are not trying to make the school districts little churches in these, in these schools, elementary schools, middle schools, and, and high schools, is that what we, what, we, what we want and what we believe that non-Christians want is a school that runs on what would be considered biblical values right. of what's right and wrong, of, of teaching children how to love one another, and how to work together. How to be gracious and selfless. How to be gracious. And... That uh, before you begin to tell somebody else what's wrong with them, that you have. Speck in you know, your own speck eye. Speck in your own eye. The size I love of it. A, love a, your neighbor a, as you love yourself. Yep. There's and, no compulsion in Christianity. Right. So this is not a, you know, convert by the sword religion. No. So there's no reason that people need to get all flipped out over, oh my God, all the Christians are coming. I mean, that is the best thing that could happen to our school districts because of exactly what you described, is it's bringing a sense of compassion, kindness, love, selflessness in our leadership so that they can commandeer these kids towards a morally upstanding life and to make the right choices. Like, yeah. wouldn't, sorry, okay. wouldn't it be beautiful if kids who suffered from same-sex attractions or gender confusion and gender dysphoria could go to their classmates and they're like, man, let's pray over you. Let's, we're going to lay hands on you. You know what I mean? That 
there was this spirit of instead of like, oh no, let's give in. This is the cool thing to do now that their Christian friends or their believing friends could gather around them and envelop them in prayer and say, we love you. This is not what God has for you. There's another way. Come on. Just as if your friend wanted to go out and start doing drugs and you're like, Hey man, that's not cool. Don't do that. That the peer pressure would be towards goodness. Well, how does that happen? That happens from parents and families and, and communities that encourage that. But when we seed the ground, um, then what do we expect? Right. And then with doing that, what I was going to say, and I think you adding that actually makes it even more important. And that is that in this devotional, uh, what we're, what Smith is saying and what God says is that we're, we're, it's going to be there for you and you can choose to take it or choose not to take it. There's no forcing. And I think that's what the idea is. Sometimes these people that are not faith filled, that they think all oh, these Christians are going to come in and force the Bible on us. No, we, we morality should not be just considered where that's a, that's like a, a, a religious thing. Morality is important. What's right and wrong is important. Not to talk about somebody else as if they're a fool. And when you are the fool for, you know, you are a far bigger fool than they are. Right. Look at yourself first. That Those are all really important things that the Bible has taught us. And then they could choose. Here it is. Here's what God says. These are the standards we are going to set for ourselves. Mm -hmm. Whether you want to follow the standards or not, up to you. But these are the expectations we're going to have of ourselves. Absolutely. Wow. So good. Wayne says, I thank the Lord every day how patient God was waiting for me to come and surrender to him and be what he always wanted me to be as he created me in my mother's womb. Amen. Amen. May take us a while, but we get there eventually, don't we? (laughs) God willing. I heard this wonderful explanation about how Christians use the, the expression, we are to be salt and light from the Bible. And a lot of times people say, what is salty? You know, if salt loses its flavor, what is it good for? You trample it under your feet. But it's not just the salt aspect of giving flavor, but salt is also a preservative. So a preservative of what? Preservative of God's law. Mm. So God's expecting us in being salt that we are preserving um, the standards of society for the betterment of the entire society. It's not some exclusionary, you know, racist, whatever they want to say to us that you want it for yourself to the exclusion of others. No, we want that goodness for everybody. That was good. And our job is to preserve it. I may have to make a... A meme out of that. It's in my article next week, so we got to wait till I'm done. (laughs) That was good. Thank you. I love that. Hey, should we tell people about this amazing app that's available? Yes. It is a Christian podcasting network. Very cool. Lots of great speakers on it. And we would love if you would subscribe to our podcast. And it's all absolutely free. This is how you can get it. This podcast is part of the Edify Podcast Network. Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app. E-D-I-F-I dot app.
E-D-I-F-I. All right, my friends. We love you guys. Have a great Friday evening and a safe and sane weekend. Yes, oh, it's Mother's, Mother's Day. Day. Oh, yes, Mother's Happy Day. Happy all the mothers out there. Yes. We have uh, plans to meet up with your mom. Yes. That'd be awesome. We're going to go to your dad's favorite restaurant for your mom. That's so. Oh, you know what's awesome. really funny is yes. that we uh, we thought of a restaurant change that I haven't brought it up to you oh. yet. <laughs> but it was also one of his favorites. So. All right, cool. All right, my friends. We love you guys. God bless. Wayne, thank you for commenting. Yes, uh, thank all, you, Wayne. All of you that uh, are watching, uh, comment, say hi before you leave. And then those of you watching on the replay, make sure and leave us a little bit of a comment just saying hi. All right. Talk God bless. Take care. Bye.